Hello, I'm Bentley. And I'm Samuel. And this is the Re-View Podcast. Alright, so as soon as we finish watching a movie, one of the favorite things that Samuel and I like to do is we go rushing to IMDb and we look for the Easter eggs, right? There's a little section uh, on IMDb that says trivia. And you can often find out, like, if it's a historical movie like Dunkirk, you can find out, like, what's true and what isn't. You can find out stuff about the people who made the movie, like the director and the actors. I love that stuff. Once upon a time, I just had to know it before the internet was created, and I was always interested in that stuff. But now, there's IMDb! It's right there! You can look it up for yourself! It's so much fun! So, we just watched a movie last night that came out in 2016. It had all kinds of buzz. There was a whole bunch of debate about it. It involved politics and societal issues. It was right up my alley in terms of what it was saying about the culture. It was based on a movie that I loved when I was a junior, rising senior in high school. Very important in my generation's life. And here was one of the entries on the IMDb trivia. In some of the posters featuring Holtzman on her proton pack is the number 2206. This is the same number as Dana Barrett's apartment in Ghostbusters. I don't care! Who cares? No one cares. Who cares? (laughs) Nobody cares. No one has ever cared. I cannot possibly fathom how anyone would ever care. Ladies and gentlemen... No, wait a minute. I, I can care about those things if the movie's good. If... You know, they give those little nods and winks to the people like you and me who really care about keeping some of these things alive. Uh, Geek culture promotes these kinds of little nods and winks. And because of CGI and and just how hyper our media culture is now, I mean, you can get this stuff in kind of a fun way. They do it for Star Wars all the time. Except we watch this reboot of Ghostbusters and there's no story. It's it's nothing but little Easter eggs. That's all it is. It's it's all right. So folks, we are not haters. Even if this is your first review podcast, again, we are always grateful to our listeners. Thank you for giving us your time. You must understand that we are not haters. We loved Wonder Woman. We we have the receipts from that. You can go back and listen to that podcast. I love Ray from The Force Awakens. We're I both do too. hyped. Yeah. For this announced reboot of Lord of the Flies with an all-female cast, I'm down. That sounds cool. I'm down. We didn't like Ghostbusters 2016, not because it was an all-female cast, but because it sucked. And I'm sorry, (laughs) it sucks. We watched it in a group of, uh, a nice mix of uh, your generation, my generation, uh, last night. Some people had seen the movie before, and I think I counted a dozen laughs. Among all those people. It's a two-hour-and-change movie. you got to have more laughs than a dozen laughs. I think I laughed out loud three times. You know what? They took one of my favorite SNL actresses, Kate McKinnon, and they made her unfunny. She's unfunny in this movie, and I love everything that I've seen her in. Yeah, it's... it's, I mean, I do come in not liking Kirsten Wiig very much. I don't think she's very funny. It's just not my style of humor it never has been like the cringe humor like the the humor that comes from just seeing somebody being awkward has never really been interesting to me and she just brings that to this movie and nothing else and i just detest that and, well, and so, all of these characters are kind of reprehensible like these are not lovable losers lovable jerks like the original ghostbusters were who are kind right. of thumbing their nose with authority yes. but at the same time they're kind of thumbing their nose upwards in one direction it's anti-authority it's anti-snootiness here like 
they're harassing the guy who's like bringing them takeout, and it's just yeah. like, wow, you guys are just assholes to everyone you come <laughs> into contact with. I don't find that funny or endearing or interesting at all. I don't want to watch these people. And I just didn't see any sense of growth, which is the basic for a story. These right? characters do not change from point A well, to point so, B. So Kristen Wiig, you know, I mean, you can. I understood how they were setting her up in the first 10, 20 minutes of the movie. I got that. Except that she never really changes. She nope. doesn't. You can see how they're trying to present that she's learned and grown, but I, I didn't see it. They're telling me instead of showing me. Yeah, the whole right? movie is... The whole movie is... Telling instead of showing. Yeah, no, it's it's just a travesty. I mean, this this script is so weak, and you can see that they're letting them improv all over the place, and none of it's working. None of it's funny. None so, of it's funny. None of it's working. And so what carries it along is nothing but these Easter eggs, right? I'm sitting there, and I'm not laughing at the movie, but as it's going along, you know, here's another guest cameo. Here's another reference. Here's another scene that's lifted straight from the 1984 Ghostbusters, because this really is not a sequel. It's a re- reboot in a very similar way that uh, the Star Wars 7 movie was kind of a redo of Star Wars 4, right? That, that model is out there in Hollywood. It's been done. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But they did that for this Ghostbusters, where it's really basically the same plot as the 1984 movie. And so... I, as the Gen Xer, I've got plenty of things that I should love about this movie because there are all these little nods and winks and cute little Easter eggs and references. And you know what? It's not funny. Bill Murray is not funny in this movie. Dan Aykroyd is not funny in this movie. All of those Easter eggs after a while, it was just like a chore to get through them and they didn't add up to anything. I was in pain by the end of this movie. I was in pain. (laughs) That's true. You were trying to leave. In another podcast, you know, we've kind of talked about movies that we've walked out of. I wish I could have walked out of this movie. Like, this is, oh my, it's just, it's, it's, I'd argue, and this is just a minor nitpick word selection, I don't think it's the same plot as the original, but it's trying to do the same story arc. It's okay. the same, like, is the plot different? Yes, but, I mean, it's, it's trying to get to the same point B. It starts at the same point A, it's trying to get to the same point B, and it just sucks. It's just bad. Like, I wish I had more to say, but I feel like devoting more of my thought to this is just, it's insulting to me, and I oh, don't... Okay, but the podcast has only been going for six and a half minutes. Yeah, and I feel like that might be too much. <laughs> no, 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 no. But seriously, we do need to discuss, you know, because we're always discussing, how do you pass on the myth? How do you continue the canon? How do you get these characters or even these archetypes to continue oh, okay. to survive so this is really my story because again this came out from my generation yep, in 84 comes and out so in 84. and it's huge i actually saw it in new york city right i rushed out and bought a ghostbusters t-shirt i bought buttons that i still own you know it was huge and i loved those guys because i grew up as somebody who understood that snl was a big part of the culture they were sort of like my older brothers, right? I mean, it wasn't my generation at that point that was on the screen, but I recognized their influence on my generation. Mm-hmm. So, loved them. It's, it's a great movie. It's very light on its feet, and it's well-written, and those guys do hang together as a team. You can see how you know the different personalities fit with each other, and you know it's organic. It feels organic. Okay, so then there's Ghostbusters 2, and you watch it, and you're like, okay, it's not as funny as the first one, but it's okay. It's all right. 
And then there's a Saturday cartoon show, and, and Slimer is a big character. Well, by then, I was in college. I didn't care about Saturday morning cartoons anymore, so I watched that all go by. And then you're born in 1992, and I'm not thinking about Ghostbusters, you know, yeah. the way I would think about other things like well, Indiana Jones or Star Wars. But then I start to see in the media these stories popping up like, well, they're talking about a Ghostbusters 3. And then a couple more years go by. Well, that script didn't work, but Dan Aykroyd's still working on it. It's 25 years of them working on trying to get this movie made. Oh my God, it wasn't worth the wait. Why did they worry so much? What were they thinking that whole time? Was anybody actually trying to write a story? What a waste of 25 years, and, and they failed miserably. There's not going to be another Ghostbusters movie. They have failed to carry on. No, I think the franchise is dead. It's dead. I think they killed it. I think, um, well, they made Ghostbusters 3, but it was called Ghostbusters, and it was released for the Xbox 360 and PS3. They got the whole original cast That's back true. together. That's right. That's that right. video game is actually really widely praised because, for some reason... For some reason, they were able to get the whole original cast That's to show true. up in mocap suits, but That's they can't true. get them on set. Like, yeah, which is weird that you can get Bill Murray to do that yeah. in not a movie. That's no. really and weird. And apparently, Murray was <laughs> on his game. I mean, I, I've I've played through a couple of levels of it. It's funny. It's good. I mean, it's not the original movie. Nothing really can be. But boy, like it's got it. Like it's got you that know, spirit. It's it could have carried it to the next. To use a football metaphor. They got to a first down using that video game. Yeah, yeah. The, the fans of Ghostbusters who played that game, every one of them that I talked to came away satisfied. You know that. what? That might actually get me to play video games. This movie being so bad in 2016, <laughs> and you and many others saying that that video game was really Ghostbusters 3. I remember that now, yeah. that, that people really felt that way. Maybe I should go back and play that game. It's At like least. a six, seven hour game. It's breezy for you, I think. Does the technology still exist? Do, can you, we play You that? own a PS3. I can play that? Yeah. Woohoo! See if I can't find you a copy, Hoss. All right. Um, I'm going to play Bill Murray. Yeah, no, but it's <laughs> like, it's, I, I just, they actually did try and get <gasps> Ghostbusters for my generation before that, though. They had that 1996 animated series called, like, oh. what was it called? It wasn't called The Real Ghostbusters. It was called Extreme Ghostbusters. There was a show. There was I don't a 90s one. That. Yeah, it was on, it oh was Oh my God. I think it was on Cartoon Network, and that, I think it only lasted like two or three seasons, but two or three seasons of animation is not failure. You know, they That's got true. to a first down. Did any know? of those uh, original 1984 actors do the voices? No, none of the original 1984 actors did the voices. I know there was one crossover episode where they have the previous animated version of the Ghostbusters <laughs> okay. interact with the new team. And I still think, having seen only a few episodes of the 1990s show, that's the way you reboot Ghostbusters anyway, because they specifically say... This is a franchise. Like the Ghostbusters, yeah. uh, there's one team in New York who yep. founded the whole thing. Yep. It's the four guys you know from the first movie. But they, there's haunted places all over America. People love that stuff. So there's a Ghostbusters Boston division. There's a yep. Ghostbusters Philadelphia division. Yep. You know, And they Which franchise the name sense. out. And so that's your idea for how you would do a movie in 2016 with an all-female yeah. cast. Okay, we agree with the politics. I do agree with the and, politics. And so... It just feels cheap to have Dan Aykroyd in this movie as an anonymous cab driver instead of his character from the original Ghostbusters. You know, he could literally be the same character and pass the baton to these people, and then you could write something that feels more honorable mm -hmm. to that first movie. This just feels a cheap ripoff. This this is almost like yeah, a fanfic. It feels beholden in weird, specific regards. 
Like the proton packs are all like very meticulously detailed. Yeah. But it feels very kind of uninterested in what's come before because they wiped the slate clean. Yeah. Like this is like a pick fanfic. one or the other. Yeah. Like the the proton packs still look like they were made in 1984. But like why? Like if you're not going to have that same continuity if these aren't if this isn't the same universe, this isn't the the same group of people or even in the same continuity like I would argue go further. Like like change the entire formula, make it six people or or make it, you know, they hunt ghosts and werewolves or something. Like if you're going to I don't know. It's like caught between two identities of wanting to be this full reboot, ground up thing, and having, you know, Harold Ramis's bust sitting there. Like it's yeah, like it's weird. You gotta pick. You gotta so, pick. Here's my theory for for what happens to it because it takes 25 years to get back to this, and it's just something that's been discussed over and over. Um, it's climbing up this hill and being criticized the whole way along. Like yes, like, that's true. Like it was it, the criticism <laughs> it received in the build-up was wildly unfair, and the but it was built on years of criticism and and this kind of celebrity uh, journalism. I say using air quotes, where you know they're almost pitting the stars of the '84 movie against each other. You know, uh, Harold Ramis and. Murray make the brilliant Groundhog Day together and then never speak again because they've just fought so much on the set of that movie, right? So it becomes like this tornado unto itself, which is a bad thing for creating art, right? It's, it's, there's so much drama surrounding the creation of another Ghostbusters movie that it's, it, it just can't get its center. So they bring in, you know, these four talented actresses who have success in other forms, uh, other formats, other movies, uh, even though I don't like some of the actresses, I just don't find Melissa McCarthy very funny. I do find her funny in certain aspects, but it's sort of like the Paul Giamatti question. Again, this is not gender-based for me. It is like Paul Giamatti, when I watch him try and be a lead actor, it's usually pretty boring. He's cranky. He's not that appealing. But you put him in as a character, I love him. He, he's literally one of the apes in the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. God, I, I forgot that. Man, that's is. awesome. Paul Giamatti's in the movie, and you know what? He's entertaining. Yeah, because he's in there for like 15 minutes. Right. So, But now I'm asked to watch these folks and see them try to live inside the skin of this movie that I love. And yet, here's what happens. Because there's all this drama on the outside... And and I think they were doing some riffing and some some uh, just improvisation. A, improvisation. There's a whole bunch of this movie that sounds like they're talking to their critics in real time. This movie doesn't feel like a story. It feels like a comment thread online. You know, they literally have some nerdy white guy acting like a blogger coming up and bothering the Ghostbusters, and they're and they slam him. Almost because the people making this movie are reading those same kinds of comments online while they're making the movie, and they're like, you know what? We're going to say this to them, right? They're they're arguing with the haters as they're making the movie, so that what I get to watch a year later is them still having that argument. It's not interesting to me. The best argument you can make against these people is by just making great art. Like if you make great art. People won't remember that it was like the most disliked trailer on YouTube of all time. Right. People won't care. What people will care about is, man, 
That Ghostbusters reboot, I remember there was some drama around it getting made, but man, when it came out, it was funny. Right, and Wonder Woman is the same way. Remember, there was that stupid protest against the movie theater in Texas that was screening Wonder Woman this summer for a female audience, right? They were just like, you know what, we're going to have a showing where only females are admitted. And, and the online trolls went crazy. Well, guess what? This is now the most successful movie directed by a woman in Hollywood history. They're going to make sequels. It's a great piece of art. I'm going to continue to watch it for years to come. Nobody's going to remember those stupid trolls because yep. it's a great piece of art. Yep. But, they... but Ghostbusters, this, it gets dragged down into that debate and can't rescue itself. No, it can't save itself. It's just stuck in this quagmire of just... It's talking to its own history. It's talking to itself. And it doesn't really seem to have anything interesting to say about it. Like, spoilers, but having Dan Aykroyd sit in a cab saying, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, that does nothing for me. That actually kind of repulses me. Like, yeah. that's, that's not how you use him. That's not... Yeah. It, it just feels cheap. It feels really cheap. It feels cheap, and it feels overlong. You could cut, like, a whole half an hour out of this thing Easy. Like, yeah, well, when you read the IMDb trivia thing, they say that the first cut the director made was four hours long. Really? Really? You think a comedy should start off at four hours and you're going to trim a little bit from there? I think my, <laughs> That's I th awesome. I think my eyes actually just started bleeding a little bit spontaneously. <laughs> Hold on, I have to go clean this. Um, that, that's horrifying to Really? Me. A four-hour comedy? Oh sure. Okay. Oh, Good. my God. <laughs> like, man. Oh. But, like, it just... I'm, what I keep coming back to is the central question that drives this podcast. What survives? What is good? Mm -hmm. Why is it good? How do we pass on the myth and the legacy? I think it's... 1984's Ghostbusters is in the canon. Period. End of paragraph. Well, I think it will need to be continually re-evaluated, as everything in the canon yes. is. But oh, yeah. upon my last viewing of it... Yeah, it's still in the canon. It's, it's really good. It's really funny. When's the uh, last time you saw the 84 Ghostbusters? Maybe about five years ago, okay. I want to say. Probably probably another probably time to watch it again. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't remember being like gobsmacked by anything too uh, problematic or, yeah. or un-PC. Or, you know, it's uh, to go back to our Lloyd Dobler conversation, there's really nothing. I mean, Dan Aykroyd does... I'm sorry, not Dan Aykroyd. Bill Murray does go to Sigourney Weaver's apartment, but, like, she lets him in and they're having a conversation like he he knocks on the door it's not yeah. him being a creepy stalker it's him being like yeah. hey look i am hitting on you while i'm looking for ghosts but it's 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 i mean it's a little weird but he is coming across as the jerk the film is not trying to say no sigourney weaver is you know icy frigid because she's not picking up on bill no, murray it's no, saying no i know no, bill is that. bill is gross like yeah he's he's, he's a player yeah no and he's a and he's a i dog. think the politics of it hold up really well the humor of it is still really funny i mean i i you know i can see how the creators of the 2016 reboot thought that they were being clever i get that right well they're just inverting everything right they take the annie potts character who's actually a strong female character in the 84 movie she's the smartest one of the bunch and then they make, they're like, okay, we're going to flip that gender. So they turned it into Chris Hemsworth, and he's just a flaming idiot. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, but you don't, there's nothing else beyond that idea. He's not interesting in any way, shape, or form. And then, you know, uh, Sigourney Weaver, her character gets possessed, and so, you know, she basically acts like the bad guy in the third act of the movie, mm -hmm. right? Although it's not her. 
but it's some demonic possession. So they flip that. So who's the bad guy in the reboot? It's some troll. It, it's literally an online troll guy is the bad guy in the 2016 Ghostbusters. Okay, so I get that flip. I get how they're, you know, they think this is clever to actually have this argument against the people who are criticizing the movie while it's even being made, right? I remember this criticism very well. They were criticizing this movie before it even was released. And that I will not stand for. No, that was unfair. I right? mean, That's just... completely unfair to judge a piece of art before it comes out. But you know what? Now I've seen the piece of art for the first time, and, and it just seems so small. It's so little to make the bad guy, you know, one of these little trolls, it's... It's the classic question of how do you deal with, you know, the bullies, the trolls, uh, the haters, you know, do you, do you answer them head on or do you ignore them, right? And it's different in each case. You have to decide the level of threat in each case. But them taking on a troll guy head on in this movie just feels small. I don't think it was the right approach. I think you can do that. I think you can make him the villain. But, like, it's, it's, it's emphasized in every single thing like he, he I don't really have really a feel of his character if you just look at the text of the film like I get that he's like kind of put upon and that he's a janitor and that kind of sucks but like a lot of it it the movie clearly wants you to take your real world knowledge of how this film has been received prior to its release and apply it to this villain and he's just kind of a like, I don't even know the actor who was playing him. No, he's just some schlub. And, and, he was just a schlub. He was, and, and he was not a great character. Again, spoilers he's, for a movie that came out last year. Like, okay, they shoot him in the dick to, 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 to win the fight. Like, okay. Yeah, it's sure, all pretty, pretty funny, obvious. whatever. Well, I don't not know funny. That that's funny. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's. I don't know. I don't know how they screw it's it up. It's an online so comment thread. That's I all guess. this is. Like, this is not how you win the culture wars. You win the culture wars by making great culture. Yeah. And unfortunately, this isn't that. Like, this answers the trolls in the worst way by... It's being dragged down to the trolls' level. Yeah, by being dragged down to their level. You spent $200 million to make and promote this film and get an international release just so you can try and win a few arguments with dudes who, like... Who have nothing better to do with their time. Like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Why should any of you care? Why should Kirsten Wig, who's made millions of dollars, yep. care? Right. Why should Melissa McCarthy, who has more money than I will ever see in my life, care? Yeah, why, why should she care about online trolls? Like, right. I think with Leslie Jones, she should care because they took it a step farther and like started doxing her. Yeah, that was awful. That was even worse. That wasn't just them mouthing off online. That's, we're coming for you at your home. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Even way, I mean, I guess that's unavoidable in terms of like you can't just rise above the haters there. You do have to confront them and fight them there. I but, will say she was my favorite part of this movie, but oh, even, even she was much less funny in this movie than I've seen her in other things, especially yeah, I Saturday love Night Leslie. Live. Leslie's so I great love on Leslie. SNL. She's great on SNL. I like her in other things, and you know what? She just she did the best of all of them, mm -hmm. I thought, but even that, it was like Leslie Light. Right? Yeah. She was she was under wraps. She was not going for it as hard as we know Leslie can go for a joke. If, I mean, listen, uh, if you're going to make an all female Ghostbusters, which makes you a target, then then make great art by daring. I mean, let her off 
and just blow it up. You gotta let Leslie off the chain. Man. Let, let her gonna, blow it up. She she will like I think the closest they came to letting her do what she wanted was like when she's trying to like make like she's trying to think about how the white guy from Weeds was gonna dance. Like that to me was funny. Her projecting like, you know, I bet he knows how to like get down and she's just there like in the <laughs> middle of a New York street. Just like doing some really intense dance moves, and like yeah. Melissa McCarthy is just kind of like aghast, and it's quite clear that that was an actual improv take where Melissa had to try and catch up. Yeah, and like I will say, it was interesting that in this movie they make Melissa like the uh, stable one. Really? Oh, I don't think she's the stable one. Well, they start off when you first see her character at the beginning of the movie. It's kind of a very typical Melissa McCarthy character where she's kind of zany and she's, uh, you know, kind of throwing elbows and, you know, certainly her in comparison to the Kirsten Wig character who's trying to be a real scientist and get tenure. So yes, I, I got that, but pretty soon they lose sense of that character, which is the problem with the whole movie, but she slides into, Melissa slides into being kind of the stable center of this team. Uh, if you look at what everybody else is doing, she's the one who's supposed to hold it together. She's like the Captain America of the new Ghostbusters, which is not the role that Melissa usually plays. So on the one hand, I'm interested if she can play something different than what I've seen. On the other hand, it wasn't that interesting. No, I don't think she actually succeeds or, or rises to that occasion. And, and I, Because we so fundamentally disagree, because I didn't see her as the stable part of that team at all. I don't think they had a, a leader or a stabilizing force. I don't think there is a, a hero's journey of, okay, like, this person is the leader, this person is the the science person for us, this person is going to be our heart and soul, you know, like, it's... And you get that dynamic in, like, the first 15 minutes of the first Ghostbusters movie because it always comes back to writing. And yeah. do you believe these characters? Yeah. You know, like... Dan Aykroyd is, you know, kind of a nebbish loser in, in the 1984 original. Yes. You know, right. Ramus even more so. Right. So, Murray's the ladies' man, you know. It's, right, and, so the fact that they pull Murray in and make him commit to their project, Murray becomes the leader when he's clearly nothing but a sleazeball yeah. uh, at the beginning of the movie. So that's the journey, yeah. is they get Murray in and they cohere as a team. Yep. I think the culmination of his story arc is itself... Wrapped in a joke when he yells at the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, the 1984 one, and goes, "No one steps on a church in my town." Yeah, that's him. He has he's that's the mantle. He's yeah. taken it up. He's taken a stand. A line has been crossed. Yeah, and this, you know this new reboot movie even wastes Andy Garcia. How do you miss on Andy Garcia as the mayor of New York? Oh my God! I don't know, dude. <laughs> Some of this stuff feels like T-ball, and they still they still struck out. Like it's yeah. it's like you can't. It's so bizarre. It's so I won't say it's easy, but it's like some of this stuff you really could just. This is a free throw. Like just put it in the hoop. Hey, did you know that that little moped that Chris starts riding when he's possessed, its license plate is Ecto two. Oh God! Did you know that? Yes, I did. But I had actually forcibly ejected that information out of my brain. <laughs> Because I want to inject this movie from my brain. It sucks. Like, we don't do ratings here on the Review Podcast, but I got to tell you guys, if we did go on a 10-point scale, this is like a 1 or a 2. This is like below the threshold of yeah. regret. Yes, Of like, it is. I it is. don't... I well, want that two hours back. It was really tough to hold you in the seat. You wanted the bail. Dude, this thing... <laughs> I curled up into the fetal position at one point. Like, I just... 
Go watch Wonder Woman again. Go watch Wonder Woman again. Go watch the 1984 Ghostbusters again. Go out, buy an Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3, and play that video game. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Review Podcast. Podcast.